Three, two, one, record. Thank oh, you. Shit. Hold on. Are yeah. you kidding me? Tatanka. Hold on. Yeah, dang it. I should I'll try opening that up again. I had it closed and I reopened it. It's always Glenn. It's Shut always up. Glenn. <laughs> All right, I'm ready again. Let's go. All right, take two. Three, two, one, record. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It's week 10 of 2023. I'm Chris Louie, and appreciative for all the comments we got on our 100th episode special of the podcast. With me, I have my first best co-host I could ask for, Duke Silver. Congratulations on the new toy, by the way. Yeah, thank you for uh, calling me out. Now everyone's like, no, I got a new toy. But y'all have to just guess what it is or follow me on Instagram to find out while I still have it. Well, you can't just say that. You have to put your handle in it. I'll put the handle in the show notes. So what's your Instagram handle? Dr. Brian Deach. <laughs> but you got to tell them it's DR, not spelled out doctor. Yeah, These are your only listeners. Brian Deach. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, and now have I to have read my to bio to it. figure out why I'm a doctor. It's diarrhea Deech. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a lie. On this carnivore diet, it's it's ferocious. All right, well, link will be in the description. I have to put it in there now. Okay. And we have our other best co-host, the fighting Filipino Glenn Medina, or as we now like to call him, my left hand. <laughs> That's so mean, Chris. Just <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's been rough. It's been a rough, uh, was it, gosh, Thursday? It's been a rough five days for me. Second, uh, third surgery on my hands, uh, two two trigger finger releases, and I've got to admit, this one had me in pain and crying, pretty much in a ball crying on thir- on Wednesday night after the surgery. So, and it's oh, the still baby, the baby's hand hurt. You have your hand cut up, and you tell me how it feels when you can't lift anything or touch anything. It's crazy. That's just, just every day for me, man. You yeah. gotta pop those Percocets. I'll tell you. Something like that. So the reference of my left hand, I hope you got the reference. It's my left foot from Daniel Day-Lewis. I did not he, get it. He had a non-functioning left foot. Yeah. So Daniel Day-Lewis. My left hand. Yeah. Okay. No, Todd, this week, due to Brian changing the schedule on us at the last minute, so you are not allowed to make fun of him this week. Otherwise, he would have been on. He no would way. have canceled last minute anyway, so I feel zero bad. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Maybe next week. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd rather have him on here instead of myself. Information okay. we could have used before we kicked off the show, but here we are now. <laughs> oh, come on now. You know that. I'm not that important. <laughs> come by. <Whatever>. Yeah. <laughs> Combined, we have decades of information security experience and here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four fantastic stories for this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We're going to change the format of the show a little bit and have a more long-form closing of the loop and take away the opening topic. I think the opening topic is more relevant when we have a guest on, so we'll either do closing the loop or the opening topic, but try not to do both of those anymore. We've heard your feedback, so let us know if you like this new format better. 
Also, after I posted episode number 100, iTunes notified me that we now have three full days of podcast content. Episode 100 not only marks the 100th time we did this podcast together, but 72 full hours of amazing infosec and dad joke content. So what you're saying is someone wanted to binge, binge listen to us, they could for like a whole long weekend. For three straight days. Wow. That's amazing. Do you have a, like a podcast and cry because it's so pathetic to just listen to us for 72 straight hours? <laughs> <laughs> that are a long I, drive. <laughs> I've yeah. had to listen to us more than once. I have to listen to the full show when I edit it. And then I often listen to the show. Well, we, we experience the show making it. And then I often listen to the show after I post it as well, just to make sure that there are no audio issues. Thank you, Chris. You're doing the Lord's work. I know. Love you, Chris. Chris it also is. takes I- notes every time I drop an F-bomb. He's <laughs> like, all right, at 32.24, I got to edit. Like Brian's swearing on the podcast again. You guys will never know if it's actually true. Yeah, actually, after I posted episode 100, I didn't notice there was a, a an error in Glenn's audio at one section where we got really, really quiet, and that was due to the software I was using. So I actually had to go back, re-edit it, repost it, and hope that nobody noticed it was only like that for maybe like four hours before I figured it out. That's funny because I didn't notice it, but I'm half asleep half the time. So yeah, of, I'm just along for the ride, guys. <laughs> Everyone that's listening, I'm just along for the ride. Of the three hosts, and I'm not trying to make fun of you here, but of the three hosts, the most comments I get about audio issues is for you, Glenn. They say you're either too really? loud or you're too soft. And oh man, I don't know if that's my fault for doing things in post or I think you just have a very large range as well. Range. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I can sing. You can sing. You can probably hear me breathing too at times. So I'm a deep breather. That I edit out in post. <laughs> so you're <laughs> Thank welcome. goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. I think you've actually gotten better. You've gotten better. I'm not doing the thing anymore. I think you gotten a lot better with that. That you talked a lot more in the earlier episodes. Trying, trying. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Pebcac Podcast. I have not posted it yet, but very, very soon our try not to laugh dad joke challenge will be up there. But all of our episodes are up there with the podcast content overlaid over some Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 action. Is it unedited? Yeah, you can't post the unedited one because we will be demonetized so badly. <laughs> yeah, so I I can post the swearing on YouTube, but there are two jokes in particular. I think I have to edit them out because you will get my channel taken down with strikes, I think, if I end up posting those two. What's funny was your jokes, too. This is so funny about that. <laughs> my jokes landed yours. You should put a governor on your... For all those out there that are listening, we had a challenge and Brian failed to listen to the instructions. So it's not that I failed; I just didn't want to do it the way you guys wanted me to. Yeah, instead of coming with dad jokes, he came in with some highly inappropriate (laughs) content. Not true. Will absolutely get me banned on YouTube. Whatever, don't send this guy. Single dad jokes—that's what we'll call liar. There you go, liar, liar, pantalones on fire. This week, we got to talk about layoffs in tech. Next, we have a PC game maker getting smart about cheaters. 
for our third topic, IoT devices are getting a much-needed security spotlight. And close with Netflix password sharing since we didn't get to that last week. Closing the loop this week, I sent you guys this story in group chat, but want to tell the listeners about it. I have some relatives visiting me from overseas, and one night we got in onto the topic of chat GPT, and some people at that gathering didn't know what that was, so I got to explain it to them for about a half hour of what chat GPT is and how it's going to change the world. My wife only learned about it from her coworker a week ago, and I told her we literally have a segment on our show called Chat GPT Story of the Week that we've been doing all year. So my wife just calls it Chad because she misheard me the first time tell the story about <laughs> Chat GPT. So she's like, "Anything new with Chad?" And this is <laughs> at least once a day. I'm like, "No, hun, no, nothing right, new with Moscow Chad." Mule. There you go, Moscow Mule. Yeah, <laughs> Moscow Mule. <laughs> Apparently, uh, listening is a, a challenge in the beach household across both spouses. Yeah. For our first topic, we really haven't addressed the massive tech layoffs that are happening right now. The InfoSec tie-in would be insider threat detection and prevention, but we can also talk about the macro factors that are contributing to the massive layoffs, specifically in tech right now. I think that's one of those things. You don't really see a shortage or a mass layoff in construction or retail or the service industry. If anything, there's a shortage of people in those industries, but in tech... I think that's a big exception this time. All the major tech companies, the so-called FANG stocks, Facebook, Meta, Amazon, Netflix, and Alphabet's Google, plus tech in general, have collectively laid off more than 100,000 people in just the first two months of 2023. Companies like Salesforce, Microsoft, PayPal, and Zoom are not spared from this either. The only major tech company to not announce layoffs is Apple. That's because Apple hired carefully, so they do not need to do the layoffs. The story is the same for nearly every tech company out there. Tech companies boomed during the global pandemic, and companies hired way too fast, thinking the gravy train would never run out. Now that there are macroeconomic headwinds, namely high inflation and the elimination of a zero interest rate policy, or ZERP, the easy money's gone and companies cannot continue to operate in this space. There's a story on Business Insider that layoffs are happening so fast and so frequently that employees at Google are only learning about their colleagues' departures when their emails bounce back. And that's actually not that uncommon. Just this week, I got a call from someone asking if I heard the news of someone's departure from the company, and I had already known that news because I saw that person's account was deactivated in the collaboration tool that we use. The rumors that this first 100,000 layoffs is only the beginning and to expect several more rounds if economic conditions do not improve. I'm 100% sure a lot of those people that lost their job, they probably had two or three jobs to begin with, right? They were probably milking it anyways during COVID. So they're like, oh man, Netflix laid me off. Good thing I still work for Google and, you know, just so on and so forth. Yeah, we did Tell that story a while ago about EDP of they're full-time workers having multiple jobs at the same time. I think I sent a, a message in the group chat. Even Facebook is actually laying off the robots that do cleaning. And Google. Yeah, the Google. Google? Yeah, Google robots. Yeah. I wonder how sad those robots are. I, can't these results on this, I hear someone's Alexa going off. 
Yeah, it's because I said the G word and have a one of those devices sitting about two uh, feet away from me. You idiot. The, the, the listener of evil? Yeah, I should put that on mute. Chris. It's true. So, so along Nothing these went? lines, yeah, well, just along these lines, I mean, my heart goes out to anyone that may have lost her job recently. I mean, you know, just, you know, like I said, this is, that's terrible. I mean, but it's unsustainable, right? We've had some serious growth over the last couple of years, but, you know, it's, it's bad that we've got these other economic conditions that are going on as well. How, do you guys think, I mean, what, what do you guys think about that being continuing on? And when do you guys think this will be bounce, will be bouncing back? Any, you guys have input on that? If I knew that, I wouldn't have to work anymore because I could time the market perfectly. <laughs> right. But you have an idea. You just can't. Yeah. 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 And, and in all seriousness, it the time it takes for a recession to fully bottom out. And we we are in a recession. We hit the technical requirement that we are in a recession. Now we're, we're starting to bounce back from that. But we're, we're in a weird recession now that unemployment is record low. Tech layoffs are at a record high service industry jobs are at the number of openings is a record high and they can't fill them fast enough, which is fueling the inflation because you have to hire people at, at higher salaries. They in turn spend more fueling the inflation. We're in this, this endless cycle. I, I think I've heard from the VC world. So the venture capital world have enough funding. I think the rule used to be have eight quarters of cash. Now it's had like 15 quarters of cash. So it's, it's definitely changed, especially in this, non-zero rate interest uh, policy period that we're in right now. So what is everyone doing? Or am I just like, am I not lying? A lot of people just have two or three jobs. And that's the reason why unemployment is so low. Uh, it, it's also the way we measure unemployment here in the U.S. It's anybody who's looking for a job. So anyone that's exited the, the job market, that they just say, I'm going to stay in my parents' space, but I'm not going to look for a job anymore. Or I'm going to live off the government dole and, and not get a job anymore. They're not counted toward the unemployment number anymore. Mm, that's sort of an antiquated way of how we count un unemployment. So all the homeless or unhoused people over there on the West Coast, they don't count towards the unemployment? If they're not actively seeking employment, they do not count towards the unemployment number. What if they're so actively seeking meth? Does that count? <laughs> they want to work for Walter White? Yeah, but that's that's kind of a mis that's kind of a mis mistake though, right? I mean, let me you've been counting this way for several years now, for many many years now, and then all of a sudden you just to skew the numbers because you want political rightness or whatnot. You're just skewing the numbers. You're not you're not you're not actually actually advertising the truth there. It's true, I, it, and I, I want to be fair. It's 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 a left and a right problem because when it favors your party, it says, "Oh, well, the unemployment you're measuring it wrong. Technically, the economy is way worse than than it is." And then when when it is in your favor, it says, "Well, we've been doing this for thirty years. This is the benchmark that we." So, yep, you'll hear those complaints from both sides uh, of the aisle. And unemployment and GDP numbers are what you call trailing indicators. So I know, I know you guys are lighting up right now because you all know all about trailing and leading indicators because of uh, <clears throat> certain practices we do. But they're trailing indicators. They tell you how the economy did last quarter. We want to know what the economy is going to do this quarter, next quarter. And I think looking at data from FedEx, UPS, the post office, are they processing Record numbers of parcels is consumer spending at an all-time high. Those are greater indications of leading indicators for where the economy is going. And you know, based on the numbers, based on the inflation numbers, it's not looking good for this calendar year. 
So sad. But uh, going back to, I, I don't even know what episode it was, but uh, Victorinox, the Swiss Army company. You guys yeah. remember that? Yeah. They do the uh, their fortress balance sheet. And even through COVID, they laid off zero people. Yeah. In the last 130 plus years, they have, I know they're not a tech company, but good for them. I think everyone Nintendo. should take a page out of their book. Nintendo's another one. Nintendo can be classified as a tech company-ish because they sell hardware. They, they do software. They do not do layoffs either. So through the pandemic, they kept people on even if at a loss. And, you know, their, their opinion is it's better to have people not fear the next layoff. They'll be much, much more productive than the people that don't know when that hammer is going to drop on them and they're going to be way less productive. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, good on companies if they if they can adopt that. That's they have the cash flow, they have the planning, the foresight. Apple, you know, Apple is like that. They might have let go some of their recruiters, but they're not like it, the other companies with tens of thousands of layoffs. Yeah. So do you I, agree I know, that? No oh, good. Well, I just know from previous experience when you know there was an M and A um, with a you know a couple companies ago. You know, there was basically no productivity done this last eight months from the time they announced the acquisition to when we knew that people were going to get laid off. No one was really doing anything. It was such a, such a wash, right? So, yeah. You guys agree that the way you should find out someone was laid off is just the email gets bounced back or you can't collaborate with them? I, I think proactively notifying people could be a little to the detriment, right? might lower overall morale and it's funny to me like that that person you're talking about chris she's yeah. been been gone for like 10 days people are still just finding out like i'm seeing i'm like wow yeah so i guess i can see it did you guys agree that you should just you shouldn't say anything or should it be more advertised that's it's tough it especially depends on the way the person exits is it if are they going on their own terms are they getting laid off are they getting terminated i, I think it it's going to vary it, yeah I, it's definitely it, tough yeah go, go ahead finish chris sorry no I was, I was just saying because like you said if you announce it then that could dent morale if you let people find out about it then people could feel like hey i will this should have been something told to us but <laughs> in my next no, well, yeah, I'll There's play no devil's right advocate. Why would the company need to announce it? Like it's like no one announces when the person leaves. Like, hey, uh, you know, so and so left the company because you know they wanted a different job or they you know they quit. No, you don't announce that. And I just I, I'm kind of looking at it from the management side. Is like, is it really even necessary? And does it cause more harm than 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 good? Right. Yeah, I think you might have sales small manager, so I don't have to make yeah. these tough calls. <laughs> I think I think the the impact is pretty small. Like for Chris, right? He ended up having to cover a session last minute, and I know that there was a, a sales rep that was planning a follow up discussion with that person, and now he's just like, "Who the heck do I call on?" They're like, "We don't even know." So, but that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's really small impact, I guess. Yeah, and having a succession plan as well. Designated survivor. Yeah. Go Surprise check it. out layoffs.fyi. I'll link through to it in the show notes. This is actually a pretty cool site, layoffs.fyi. It tracks all the, at least the public ones, because I know there have, there have been some private rifts at some other companies that don't show up on here, but if there's a public source for it, they've been tracking all the layoffs. And 
there's even a tab. I didn't know this until I dove deeper in the site maybe last week, but there's a tab that actually lists the laid off employees on there. It has like their name, their email address. And I think it's in the hopes that if you're looking for someone to fill a position, go there and talk to one of these people that have been affected by a layoff. But it, it's interesting. They, they graph the data. They show how many companies did layoffs, how many people got laid off. And that's how it came out to that number, 100,000 layoffs in 2023 alone. Life Hacks by Chris Louie. Yeah. And if you can help out, you know, reach out to someone that's been affected. We're, tech is a small community and we, we try to help each other out. Wow. I just can't. I'm just looking at that tab and I'm, I'm just surprised at how open these lists are. It's just crazy. I, I, I wouldn't know if I want my own personal information inside there. Like, how did they get that? I know it's public, but man. Yeah, that, that I don't even know if it's really... public or if it's opt-in or there are some of these companies that set up LinkedIn pages for, for affected employees and you can just opt into it. So I, I don't know where they source that information from, but it's very personal details. First name, last name, email address. Yeah. yeah. If I had my evil doer hat on, you could use the this list, harvest it and do a phishing campaigns of people that says, hey, I heard you're out of a job. Would you like to apply? And then send them a phishing link or something. Kick them while they're down, but... Yeah, eh, I know, that's that's the hacker side of me thinking out loud. I would never do that, of course. But yeah, nefarious ways to use this data. Yeah, but what what happens if you wanted to opt out? Like you saw your name inside here. This goes back to this whole you know PI information thing, right? If I wanted to opt out, and do I send an email to layoffs.fyi and say, hey, you've got my name listed in one of your 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 trade lists. I, I want my name out and clear me out for because I live in California. Like, can you go I, do that? Yeah, I think at the very top of that page, there's it says, if your info is here and you want it off, there's a way to contact them to get it off. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be ideal, be able to, your right to be forgotten. Yeah, I would definitely, totally agree. <laughs> Don't like this at all. For our second topic, I like this story a lot because I am a PC gamer and a huge downside of PC gaming, but Brian, you're a PC gamer too, is that it's notoriously plagued by cheaters and hackers. And not to say that console gaming is immune from hackers, but much less prevalent compared to PC gaming. Valve, the makers of the popular Dota 2 game, and yes, Brian, it is a popular game. They did something interesting when they closed an exploit people were using to cheat at the game. Valve patched the vulnerability, but they also installed a honeypot at the same time to find out which of its players were exploiting this vulnerability. After collecting enough data, Valve banned every account that attempted this exploit in its honeypot, which ended up being about 40,000 gamer accounts. And I really like this quote from, from Valve when that they announced. They say, and I quote, each of the accounts banned today read from this, quote, secret area in the client, giving us extremely high confidence that every ban was well-deserved. Do they lose revenue from that, though, when they ban 40,000 accounts? Like, that's kind of like left hand slapping the right hand that's on the same body. Well, no, they they neglected to tell you there was 100,000 accounts. So these are the the bottom 40%. (laughs) That, you know, we're contributing, you know, the, this, the guys are out there freebieing. 
the the flip side of that is like I will not play a game or I will not buy a game if it's known to be plagued by hackers and cheaters. So their interest is to make sure it's fair for everyone. That drives revenue, that drives engagement. Because if if I go into a lobby and I die immediately through no fault of my own, I'm never going to play that game again. And that's not what Valve wants. They want people to sign on to the game, you know, continue buying the DLCs and engage with the game, post mm-hmm. about it. And if every post on Twitter about your game is about these cheaters, that's that's not good PR for them. It's funny when I was reading this article, I was like, oh, I don't care. And I don't even know. If, I don't even know if this thing's even real. And then I see the note in there. But yes, Brian, it's a popular game. So you got me there, Chris. You really know me well. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love. I by the way, I love this idea of a honeypot. Like they patched the bug, and then they had a honeypot, and they're just waiting for that exploit to be leveraged, and they just knew exactly who it was. Like that. That is creative. I don't know that I would have necessarily made this public <laughs> information. Yeah. Like. I think I think other gamers should be able, or I'm sorry, other streaming platforms of of online gaming should be doing this exact same thing if they really want to ban accounts that are cheating. Yeah, I think they yeah. announced it's a shot across the bow that says we're watching for you. You better not do this again. Yeah, but then dude creates another account, another email associated, and often to the races they go. Right? I mean, this is kind of whack a mole over here as well, too. Right. Unless they yeah. ban the system, right? Don't they have like unique identifiers? They they do, and then you have to buy a new copy of the game, basically. So, so Glenn, what you may not understand, because you are not a PC gamer. Because you're so old. Whole, <laughs> is that the whole reason people cheat? I guess there's, there's two reasons. There's, there, there's two reasons people cheat. One is they're a streamer, and if they're really good at the game, then they get more people watching their streams. They make more money that way. It should be obvious that they're cheating if you're getting a headshot every time, but you know that's neither here nor there. Uh, the other reason is for bragging rights. So if you want to have a really high what's called a kill-death ratio, that you kill way more people than you die, you get internet clout. So if you ban someone's account and they have to wipe out, they get wiped out, and they have to start anew, that's taking away their incentive because they lose their, their valuable mm. profile with this high KD ratio. Yeah, I guess, I guess for me it would be like go back to the 40,000 accounts and were any of them high high volume accounts that really had a bunch of you know high high notarized names and now just trash your names out right even though they've been mm-hmm. banned yeah so that that's just like the, the guy platform. that cheated as chess was it hans neiman the guy that cheated mm-hmm. at chess.com like yeah his now he was a top ranked player and now his name is sullied by this whole cheating scandal I may have to have everybody stop and restart uh, because I'm having audacity issues. But Chris spends a lot more time editing Brian's audio than mine, probably. Be true. <laughs> Be true here. Come on. Probably not. <laughs> bleep. Bleep. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> See? You're on mute. Something good. You're on <laughs> mute again. <Right. laughs> All right, for our third topic, the U.S. is one step closer to getting IoT security labels, a much-needed system for Internet-connected devices by the U.S. NIST, our National Institute for Standards and Technology. There are more Internet-connected devices than people on the planet, and that trend is not going away anytime soon. Companies that opt into this system, so it is an opt-in model, 
will get a rating for devices they produce and will rate the devices for things like hard-coded passwords, security efficacy, and the like. Don't expect to see these labels on cheap made-in-China cameras or devices, but it allows consumers to make intelligent decisions when purchasing internet-connected devices or companies can require a minimum certification level before purchasing. So think of selling a router to a U.S. government agency. It must have at least an A rating before you're allowed to buy it. So you can't buy something that's not meeting that minimum requirement. Phase one will be consumer routers, light switches, cameras, and the like. And a phase two eventually will include healthcare and smart cities. So I think this is good all around. This is much needed. I can't tell you how many times I've had to offer tech support to people that buy these cheap IoT devices and they either break or I have to tell them, hey, you know, that that thing might be vulnerable. I would not put that on my home network. So if we have these labels, they could see a score A through F, make their own choice. So I just think this is a big old money grab because I read in there that you can get a, a, certi a certification uh, you know, or a stamp of approval, right? And so... Anytime the government's behind something, someone's going to get paid. So just just know that. And I kind of feel like the whole like prevent, detect, assess, and remediate like that's just like common sense. We should be doing that anyways. But now you're just going to force people to do it, which is good. But you know whatever. And I thought it was also funny that they're going to focus on on homes first and then smart cities. I'm like. You think we should probably maybe focus on the smart cities first? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a priority no. issue here. <laughs> no one yeah, shuts uh, off the lights on us unexpectedly. And then, you know, I, one other thing I came across that I didn't know about. So I, I knew about GDPR. So that's the General Data Protection Regulation, like EU Processing. Nonsense. Yeah. So apparently Singapore has one. So the CSA, Central Security Agency, I guess they have their own version of GDPR. So... That was that was good, one good thing to come out of this art out of this articles because I'm sure it'll probably come up and I have discussions with people over there. Well, yeah, but I mean, just for home use, right? This is going to remove the dumbiness factor out of it, right? If people see that there's a there's a rating on IoT devices for their home, you know, they're, they're not going to go to like what used to be Fry's and look at a bunch of cameras or look at a bunch of routers and then go, okay. This thing is certified, so I, I should somewhat be okay with this, right? Instead of guessing, like, okay, I'm just gonna go pick the cheapest one because they're all the same. You uh, you would think, think so, but no, because like it's like it's kind of like public education, right? The teachers are taught to teach the dumbest person in the room, so like this is gonna be a pretty low bar and standard, in my opinion. It is, but if like if you go on Amazon and you can, this is a test to yourself, go to Amazon, look for wireless camera or Wi-Fi connected camera, there are literally thousands of companies with names you've never heard of. You try to research the company and it's like one OEM that just retails it under 50 different names. Like if you, if you just go to a device and it says to obtain a C rating, you know, Brian says C's get degrees, you get a C rating. <laughs> and as long as it doesn't have a hard coded password, as long as the manufacturer has committed to providing security updates for at least, at least three years, as long as it's, uh, you know, supports multi-factor authentication. Like if you can meet those minimum requirements, I mean, that would get rid of a lot of the junk that's on the internet right now. If you just have yeah. those minimum standards. I think what they're going to come out with is to get a B, you have to have a backdoor uh, <laughs> hardcore into your thing to allow the FBI to come in and patch it themselves. Yeah. 
Isn't that what happened before, like the like that Windows server or something? That happened to Bcrypt. So the Bcrypt uh, yeah. library put out by RSA. It's never been. I, I, you might someone can fact check me on it. It's never been proven, but Bcrypt was vulnerable, and RSA changed the algorithm after consulting with the US NSA. So it's one of those things. You make the call, but it, if it smells like it, you know, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. It's a chicken. Epstein didn't hang himself. By the way, I should yeah. have said that. And at the end of your poem, you set me up like so well for that, and I was just I was too busy <laughs> laughing at you. What about Epstein? Yeah, because he said uh, something about the truck, and you're like, but yeah. if it quacks like a duck, then I should have said yeah. Epstein didn't kill himself. But it's okay. Something to prepare for for episode two hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Forward thinking, freaking two more years. Two more years, we'll hit a hundred. Yeah, which which episode one hundred and four is coming up, and that will be our two year anniversary. Oh wow! Is this gonna be like the people that date in high school? It's like our one month anniversary. It's our six (laughs) month. It's the one month since you asked my parents to take me on a date. Is that we're gonna start doing? This is like weirdo stuff. Anniversary. We're breaking new ground here, though, right? Yeah. So, uh, we used to celebrate every 10 episodes. So that's how we got all our Pepcac swag. And then now we're doing annual. We're doing 100 episodes. What is the Pepcac swag that's coming in next? I'm dying to know. Yeah, or is it my turn to buy? We got to figure figure something out for that. I don't know. But to all you listeners out there, Brian is starting to sound like an old wife. Just repeating himself and just nagging all the time. <laughs> and that's your wife. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Just All kidding, right. Before this <laughs> devolves any further. <laughs> For our last topic, it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about Netflix password sharing. Well, we knew the day would be coming, and it is here now. After a decade of not caring about password sharing, Netflix is cracking down on multiple households sharing one Netflix account. Previously, Netflix did not care how many households were sharing a password, but you could only have a certain number of concurrent streams. This worked well if you had relatives around the world where no three people would be watching at the same time. Well, Wall Street came a knocking, and after disappointing subscriber growth numbers, massive losses in the original content department, and people quitting Netflix, they decided to put an end to password sharing. Now, a device will only be allowed to stream if it connects to your home Wi-Fi network once every 30 days. This is fine for your average users, but if you take your phone, tablet, or laptop with you, generally you return home once every 30 days. But if you share it with a relative around the world, that can't happen. If you want a separate account for a separate location, that's an extra $9 a month. Well, Netflix is getting into a bit of trouble with these edge cases of people cutting, getting cut off from their Netflix account. At first, Netflix took the position that a Tesla car would not be allowed to stream Netflix when at a supercharger or anywhere except the home because that would count as a separate location. Netflix quickly backtracked on that after extreme backlash from Tesla owners. Now there are cases coming up like this cancer patient in Canada who's at the hospital for long-term care and his Netflix access was cut off because he's literally not allowed to go back home. Netflix did not comment on that story. What do you guys think about Netflix's crackdown on password sharing? It's lame. It's a whole new... Oh, go ahead. It's lame, right? Like, what if you have a couple houses? 
you know, I'm not going to get get an account for each house. That's kind of lame. It's like I Dude, paid for a subscription. Yeah, eight right? bucks a month, or you got to bring that device there. But if it's a smart TV, and that's super inconvenient, you can't take that home every yeah, thirty days. Yeah, can't do that without some well, think, technology. Yeah, it's so easy Sorry. to solve, guys. Just got to rename your Wi-Fi to what Chris uses: FBI surveillance camera, like at all your houses, <laughs> at all your parents' yeah. houses, and they'll like never know. they'll never know. Like checkmate, Brian. I was talking to buddy about this he has a rental he lives in here in the bay area but he has a rental property in in lake tahoe or uh it, i forgot if it's a rental or second home but he's like how can i use my comcast account because comcast locks it to your home location i said just buy you know the, a router from a reputable company set up an open vpn tunnel and just do a tunnel to tunnel point to point connection there you go well chris great great that advice <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> For the for the uh, the guy that was in the hospital and you know he was probably just trying to do Netflix and recover, but he ended up getting like a the old Netflix Netflix and catheter. Like that was probably a very painful situation for him. Yeah, I'd say the so. look on Glenn's face tells me he's had a catheter. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> that uh, oh, I haven't had a guy. catheter, but I've I've my prior military life. I may have been in on having a catheter put in, not on me, but maybe on a patient. So not, we, the, not the most. What kind of, uh, what kind of dental work seen. were you doing, Glenn? Well, guys, I, you know, when you're in the military, you do you just don't do dental work. You do or maxillofacial surgery. You're in traumas. You're in all kinds of things. So Fair more enough, so than just enough. filling teeth. We were, my daughter, she, I think she broke her clavicle, her, you know, the collarbone collarbone yeah. so we're in there and uh right next to us is you know it's just like the sheet we're at the emergency room and so you can hear what's going on and there's this this sweet old lady in there and the nurse is like all right we have to put a catheter on you and she's like what's that i don't know what that means and the next thing all you hear is what are you doing to me stop stop <laughs> screaming and me and my wife are like just like <laughs> like we know what's going on the kids are like what's going on I'm like you don't even want to know and just like you just hear this poor lady screaming it was oh it was we'll more to you when you're older yeah uh, you, I, usually you have to sign for consent for that before they stick it in so oh, i'm sure there was somebody there to to sign for that but it was like i thought somebody was being murdered and i was like if i ever need a catheter just i'm just gonna just jump off a cliff instead because that sounded terrible yeah, I've got some news for you, Brian, for your upcoming appointment later this year. <laughs> well, Schedule that for you, Brian. <laughs> when I'm permanently off the podcast, you know why. That is an exit-only type of scenario. You know what yeah. blows my mind is people being mad about the Tesla superchargers? Because anytime I try to watch anything as supercharger, I have like zero Wi-Fi or zero service. Like, it's just terrible. I can't watch LTE. anything anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So know, maybe that's on. more of a problem in Arizona. Like all the yeah. Bay Area, or the ones in California. I shouldn't just say Bay Area. All the ones in California, I'm able to stream. I've been able to stream from. So if you pay for the streaming service, right? Do you still use the Wi-Fi that's coming through the charge cable at a, at a at a Tesla charger, or does that? <laughs> Brian's laughing. At, I don't know. Like I said, I I I think the Wi-Fi on the Tesla Tesla Tesla, right, is uh is fine. I, I I've never had that problem. Do you guys? Yeah, the, the superchargers 
don't have Wi-Fi yet, so it's still LTE only. They're eventually going to get it. I think they're going to get Starlink yeah. at, at some point for Wi-Fi, but it's still LTE yeah. right now. It is no, sounding like... Well, yeah, but I thought someone said that the, the, the Wi-Fi comes in through the charge port or through... That's not true then. Like As far as I know. Internet yeah, over, power, over power. Mm-hmm. Internet over there is. Power, yeah. Yeah. E- Ethernet o- EOP. EOP. <laughs> Ethernet over power. <laughs> I'm wrong. He's looking for it. Yeah. That's all right. Wall Street's got to really straighten Netflix out soon enough. If they got this wrong and they have a record subscriber loss, I think they might reverse course on this. But damage already done because people that are so upset by this, they quit. They either pirate the material, they join Hulu or Disney Plus, someone that's not quite so restricted. But after you know 10 years of them not only allowing it, but celebrating it, they, they used to have Twitter posts that says, you know, this Valentine's Day, share your password with someone you love. Like celebrating password sharing, then for them to just yank the rug from out from under people. I think that's probably what's more upsetting. Well, Amazon is like if you have an Amazon subscription, I'd rather just deal with that because it comes with free free delivery. Yeah. Do you think they just raised the rates? I think Prime's one hundred eighty bucks a year now. So that's, oh my it's god! Cancel one hundred and eighty? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow! I need to go look at my subscription. <laughs> Yeah, and that's only that's only shipping and streaming and limited music like Amazon, the premium Amazon Music. That's extra. Audible is extra. The grocery service, delivery service, like new minimums. That's right. Bucks. They keep raising their price and watering it down. Yeah, agree. Good job, Andrew Andy Jassy. He's got to make money. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian's up. Wow, I'm so excited. Let me think here. All right, so we, I think we have Easter make, coming up. Make it clean, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I'll text you guys what I was just about to say. It's like it's like Glenn knew, <laughs> like you knew. We all knew, Brian. <laughs> all right, so just one clean one for the for the for the show. Okay, so cow tipping is a myth. Cattle rarely tip even when the surface is good. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Sorry. Right. So go ahead and say the other one, and we'll clear this one out and, and make this the NFT. No, because it'll be an NFT, and then it'll be there forever. And I can't have that kind of like when I run for Congress one day, uh, you know, out of nowhere, Chris is going to be releasing drops. I'm like, oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll I won't release it for free. I'll just make your opposition buy it. There you go. And buy the Oppo research as the NFT. I still don't like that at all. How can I trust you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> all right. To wrap things up, layoffs are happening, so watch out for insider threats. Valve banned users who were tre- who were cheating, and they found them in a creative way. IoT security labels are coming soon. And Netflix is about to suffer a world of hurt over their password sharing policy. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us on all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pepcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. From my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. 
Thanks for listening. See you all next weekend as always. Have a nice day. Ah, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs>